Today, I'm talking about adversity. With so many changes coming at us and our kids, resilience is something we have to develop now in us and in them. So get ready to take the training wheels off, skin some knees, shed some tears, and enjoy glorious success. If you like that music, be sure to check out the show notes for links to Luke Tigard's music pages. Also, if this isn't the first episode you've listened to, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, if you like what you've heard, would like to support the show and the holiday season has you feeling extra generous, uh, there's a link to my Patreon account in the show notes and also directly from the website, which you can find at evolvingparent.com or just by going to patreon.com and searching for Evolving Parent. On that page, you'll find a variety of tiers and corresponding rewards as my way of saying thanks for supporting the show and keeping this thing going. Uh, Depending on how things go, I'll be tweaking rewards as I find ways to improve the whole setup and deliver types of rewards that ultimately you want. Um, Feeling generous but don't currently have the spare cash? You can help the show immensely by sharing an episode uh, or the Facebook page or the site with friends that you think might be interested uh, in the show. That will be huge going forward as my advertising budget is currently queued behind the mortgage and food budget. So if if this is your your first time checking out the show, you've made a great choice uh, for you and your kiddos. Uh, Today's show is the longest show yet. If you like the length or prefer the shorter episodes, head to the Facebook page and let me know. So if no further ado, we've just about made it through the holiday shopping season. Black Friday week. The uh, day has become the week, followed by Cyber Monday week. Uh, Soon we will be in the uh, the final shopping crunch stretch here. Um, And then, of course, the after Christmas deals. Hopefully, this time of year doesn't give you anxiety as a parent. Uh, I know for many, budgets are tight. We want to provide for our kids' wants, but the costs of our needs don't go away because of the holiday season. If that speaks to you, I have good news uh, and a warning for everyone else. Kids that are given everything are often the most jacked up kids. We know this. Uh, We even have a word for it. Spoiled. It's a cute phrase when we see uh, say that a pup is, is spoiled rotten. And I've, I've heard more than a few grandparents talk about how they just want to spoil their grandparent or their grandkids rotten. Now think about it this, just a little rotten imagery here. You know, rotten apples, rotten tomatoes, rotten oranges, bacteria and fungus just feasting and breaking down the spoiled fruit and veg into nutrients that will be used as compost for the next garden crop. Not exactly what we want for our kids. Now, we are short-circuiting a process when we give a child everything they want. And even if you, the parent, you know, you've got your eye on the prize, you've disciplined yourself, you've stuck to your guns and your budget, who knows, who knows what the rest of your family is going to do. And I'm not even going to talk about the mess that teachers uh, will have to wade through after the, the holiday break with all the other kids out there who were just given everything for nothing. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, 
Now, I'm not the Grinch. I love this time of year, and I enjoy the material aspect of it as much as the next person. I love getting my kids toys because I play with my kids, and it's fun to change things up. <laughs> I suppose it's also fun to see the buildup and the excitement in their eyes when the day finally arrives. Um, but this year, there will be disappointment in our house. My daughter will not be getting an iPhone. It's number one on her list again this year. It was number one on her list last year. Uh, I love technology and I want her to be amazingly skilled with it. But it's not happening this year. She's eight. While it has little to do with her desire for the latest iPhone, uh, I didn't get my first cell phone, a flip phone, with like a tenth of a megapixel camera and uh, that that, that snake nibbles game. Uh, (laughs) I didn't get that until I was 20. I had spent too much time messing around uh, with prepaid phone cards and military trailers filled with payphones, all so I could just call home and talk to my parents. I feel zero pressure to get her a phone at this point, no matter how many of her friends get one. But don't you think she needs one just in case of an emergency? No. Broadly speaking, it's safer uh, on neighborhood streets now more than it has been in a long time. There was a bump up in crime in the 80s that made parents overreact and upgrade safety measures to extreme levels. I was one of the lucky kids whose parents uh, let him ride his bike all over town. I had a paper route when I was in second grade. I I couldn't even carry the newspaper bag on Sundays because of all the extras that would come in that Sunday paper. Can you even remember like what a big old fat Sunday paper looked and felt like? Like I had to drag my newspaper bag until I was like 10 houses into my route so I could just finally hoist that thing up on my shoulders. Uh, unless it was wintertime, uh, and my parents made my older brother, Brett, drive me around on my route. So, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure I ever said thank you to my brother for that. A uh, guy had to, to drive his little ungrateful brother around town using his own gas and his own car uh, with his little brother contributing absolutely nothing to it except maybe some, some dirty snow that he tracked in. But, uh, hey, it built character for him, though. <laughs> My brother is now the commanding officer of Marine Harrier Squadron VMA-214, the Black Sheep. Uh, so he's doing all right. Don't don't feel too bad for him. Uh, anyways, thanks, bro. Uh, I really appreciated those rides. So yeah, I've been paying taxes since I was seven, and it's not exactly a hardship to not have a smartphone when you're eight. I'm not opposed to her earning one if she was up to the challenge and the monthly responsibilities, but I'm far more interested in her building up her character and her foundation than I am about her having stuff and access to Roblox and Minecraft and social media, psychological drama, whatever, whenever, wherever. So our gifts this year, while immensely fun and entertaining, are not what she's uh, been expressly asking for. Uh, Now, I regularly listen quite a bit to uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, He has several guests on his show where they've talked about the adversities that they faced um, when they were younger and how it made them strong and able to do what it took to get where they are now. Joe even challenges the idea that that one can be great uh, in their own right if they come from someone who is great because there are essentially trust funds for their trust funds. Now, I've been wondering how to to navigate this paradox as a parent, to bless my kids with a great life, but provide them with settings that create healthy adversity, healthy discomfort, Um, adversity that creates persistence and and character and prompts creativity and internal drive. 
not ad- adversity that encourages uh, autoimmune diseases and, and suicide and depression. We are designed to weather adversity, you know, pun intended here. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, but if you've uh, moved around a lot or traveled to different latitudes, you've probably noticed how your body adjusts to where you are, or rather your body acclimates itself. Uh, bouncing back and forth between winters in snowy northern Michigan and summers in the deserts surrounding Yuma, Arizona, I'm, I'm all too familiar with that acclimatization. In a week, I'll be making the, uh, I guess, the, the biannual uh, pilgrimage to Arizona, uh, this time from Washington State, uh, uh, where I've been practicing cold exposure with my kids, my son especially. On a cool note, uh, if you're not familiar with Wim Hof, and the, the Wim Hof method and all the supposedly impossible things he's able to do uh, and control in his body, uh, you should check him out. He's done marathons in the Arctic Circle in shorts, marathons in the Sahara without water. Uh, there are documentaries about him. He's done TED Talks. He's been on the aforementioned Joe Rogan podcast twice. Uh, part of his method is cold exposure. And one of the things that results is the creation of brown adipose tissue which is good for us, if you didn't know. Uh, I was able to take uh, my son and, and turn him on to the Wim Hof Method uh, and what my son calls Iceman training after uh, my son had a concussion not too long ago. Um, it's been a really good thing for both of us. Uh, but maybe extreme cold isn't your thing. The prolonged extreme heat that people experience in saunas creates what are called heat shock proteins. Heat shock proteins help protect cells, prevent disease, uh, prevent cell death, play a role in the immune system's uh, targeting mechanism, and more. Bottom line about this stuff is that our bodies are not fragile. Sitting comfortably in, in climate-controlled atmospheres causes us to become more sensitive to the slightest bit of discomfort. Proper physical adversity causes growth, which is one of the reasons people work out to get that competitive athletic advantage or that beach bod or because they just care about general wellness and know how much of a brain boost working out can be. Uh, but what about mental adversity? You know, I, I think of the figurative desert experience, the transformative desert experience, whether it's uh, repeated failure, prolonged sickness, rejection and heartache, academic troubles, dealing with all the things that come with childhood obesity, or even just you know Moses wandering the desert or Jesus being tempted in the desert. In the desert, we're pushed to a breaking point. The harshness of a desert drains its inhabitants, bringing them to a point of grow up, evolve, or die. Uh, The desert forces us to focus on our priorities, allowing everything else to fall into the background. It purifies our minds as we struggle to hold on to everything that we had before entering the desert. And when we leave the desert, we know that as bad as things gotten there, we endured it. We came out not only alive, but maybe even better for it. Out of suffering came courage. Out of suffering came creativity. But why is that? You know, the the desert gives us reason to grow, just like a lobster. Perhaps you've seen Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tversky's video about how lobsters grow. You know, the short version goes like this. As they grow, their outer shells don't grow. They eventually get so uncomfortable that the lobster seeks out a safe place, sheds its shell, 
and grows a new one, doing this over and over again throughout his life. We tend to think that being uncomfortable is a bad thing, but it's often simply a signal that we are in a situation that can help us grow, help us reach that next level. Uh, And if our response is to not deal with that uncomfortableness, but to instead seek out uh, rescue or, or medication, we remove the benefit of that discomfort. We don't grow and we don't reach the next level and it's all for naught. That really sucks because the reality that bad things happen still persists. How do we respond when something doesn't go our way? How do our kids respond when the gift they've asked for the last two years is, is not under the tree again? Or how do they respond when faced with one of the physical and mental challenges I mentioned earlier? As hard as it can be to witness, we do well to let our kids fail. It's good for all of us if they encounter struggle. And in keeping with the theme from last week of creating heroes, well, heroes have origin stories. It's after we emerge from the trial that we are able to walk victoriously. Part of growing up is learning who you are. Maya Angelou said, you may encounter defeats, but you must not be defeated. In fact, it may be necessary to encounter defeats. So you can know who you are, what you can rise from, how you can still come out of it. You know, being well-versed in adversity breeds resilience. It creates confidence born out of fami- familiarity and can be the difference between wanting the ball at the end of the game when success or failure rides on a single shot and dreading the idea that you might actually be involved in the play at all. I'll never forget this one game when I was playing for my middle school, eighth grade, A-team basketball team. That's right, A-team. I wasn't a starter, (laughs) but I was a sixth man. And uh, my coach wanted me in the game for that last play. Down by one, we needed a bucket to win or else we were going home with the loss. I asked coach to take me out. I never played organized basketball again after that season. Yet, when it came to baseball, from early on, I had played in high-stakes moments. I lived for those moments. If there were two outs and we needed a hit, I was chomping at the bit to get to the plate because I knew I'd come through. I don't think it hurt that I had watched the movie The Natural with Robert Redford like a hundred times. I could see it in my head when I was in the on-deck circle, and I had some of that triumphant music in my head as I went to the plate. Eventually, I got the nickname Clutch because I could be counted on in clutch situations. Do you know how great of an advantage it is in life to believe that when you get into a key situation, maybe even a dire situation, that you're going to succeed? It's huge. I haven't succeeded in every clutch situation, but that belief, that identity that I developed has stayed with me for decades now. I wish everyone could feel as good as I do when they get tested. Maybe you or your kids have um, yet to take on the identity as someone who thrives in the face of adversity. Maybe the idea of walking into adversity feels like being covered in a blanket of anxiety. Um, Unfortunately, bad things continue to happen. Uh, To quote Rocky Balboa talking to his son, Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. 
It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you get, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits. And not pointing fingers saying, you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. Fortunately, resilience is a skill. It can be learned. If you lack it, you can learn it. If your child was seemingly born lacking it, you can help bring it out of them. How? Let's talk about the ABCs of resilience. This is an actual program from Drs. Holen, Freeman, and Seligman. Now, this is almost entirely wholly their thing. I've simply taken it, uh, freestyled a bit, and, and tailored it for you. So, A, B, C. Adversity, beliefs, consequences. We start by slowing down, understanding what we believe and think so that we can get to the root of the problem. You know, people experience the same adversities, A, but often come to very different consequences, C. Why is that? It has to do with the B, beliefs. So let's work this whole thing, you know, from, from, from A to, to S. <laughs> Sounds long, but I skip a lot. <laughs> a, adversity. Simply, what's the challenge, the obstacle? What's the environmental issue? B, belief. What do we believe about ourselves, about the challenge? What's the root of our worry? Do we believe we are good enough? Do we believe that we are capable? Do we believe that our circumstances make it impossible? You know, Confucius said something to the effect of, the man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't are both usually right. You know, I'm looking forward to the episode where I'll be interviewing Austin Fletcher. He's the founder of Belief IQ, many other ventures, and a great friend of mine. We often... Um, don't know what we believe. And he focuses on helping people understand that. And then the cool thing is, is that we aren't stuck with limiting beliefs and we can change our beliefs at the subconscious level when we need to. Moving on, C, consequences. It's the sticking point uh, that you find yourself in before the breakthrough happens. You know, how could these beliefs and thoughts be impacting me and leading me to this consequence? D, dispute. Argue with yourself. Don't just accept things as they appear. Debate using E. Evidence. Are our beliefs justified? Or is there evidence that suggests that we can overcome the adversity we are facing? Have we overcome something like this before? F. Frame it. Or more appropriately, reframe it. How else can the challenge be viewed? Awareness of our perspective is a powerful thing. Our perspective has certain advantages and limitations. If we can change how we look at the adversity we're facing, many times the solution presents itself. Sometimes the tool for the job isn't a microscope, but a telescope. Or a rifle scope. Or scope mouthwash. 
Um, whatever. Let's not keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. H, helpfulness. Um, having taken some time to look at our situation more in depth, ask, is this belief helping me? If yes, I can keep it. If it's holding me back, I can let it go. Let it go. Sorry. I, implications. Sometimes it's useful to acknowledge what would actually happen in a worst case scenario if the beliefs we hold are true. Simply because we can take the worst case scenario and allow our fears to magnify the consequences to odd or even comical proportions. So now's that part where I skip a few letters um, and increase the level of freestyling and we uh, wicka wicka arrive at O, opportunity. Uh, recognize adversity for what it is and opportunity for growth. Growth is not found in the confines of comfort. Own the opportunity. Super quick story about uh, seeing the opportunity in adversity. Um, my son had a friend over recently and they were going to play some Minecraft. The previous time they'd played, I told them that they would have to do some pull-ups to earn their Minecraft time. So when they fired up the Xbox to play, I invited them out to the garage for pull-ups. My son was excited for this. We did pull-ups all summer. His friend was not excited. He was not excited. I made this custom pull-up bar in the garage and it's mounted pretty high. Like I'm six foot tall and I can barely touch it on my tippy toes. Um, my son has uh, gotten over his fear of the height of that bar long ago. My son's older friend was clearly not digging that height and began uh, attempting to negotiate alternatives with me. While he got nowhere with his negotiations with me, I wasn't getting anywhere with convincing him that he'd survive the required pull-up scenario. I didn't give in though, and eventually I found a way to communicate with him. And I presented the pull-up bar challenge as an opportunity to face his fear and conquer it. That day, that little boy embraced the identity of a conqueror. He rose to the occasion. He didn't want to at first, but he grew. The cool thing is, is I grew too because I was working with someone else's child, not my own. P, purpose. Try for a moment to see the big picture. Sometimes it's hard to see that pain might have a purpose. Maybe it's a designed purpose. Maybe we can give... Um, we, we can give pain a purpose if it if the purpose isn't, you know, apparent right away. But even if it's just a small step in the right direction, small step after small step after small step up a flight of stairs will take you to the next level. And isn't that where we all want to be? Which brings us to R, resilience. And resilient people often find greater levels of S, success. Whether your metric is based on performance, results, or simply happiness, resilient people enjoy greater levels of success in all that. To go back to the Rocky quote from earlier and, and finish it, quote, I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens, you're my son and you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't going to have a life, unquote. This, oddly, reminds me of the lobster, which finds a safe space to discard its old shell 
and create a new one. Our unconditional love provides that safe space. When our kids know that no matter how many times they fail, they have someone who loves them for them and not their performance. Unconditional love allows them to fail freely and fail forward. Childhood adversity shapes our brains, and as our kids' brains create pathways, adversity links experiences and emotions and provides triggers for them. Unhealthy adversity can include our kids experiencing or witnessing abuse, addiction, uh, things that don't fall under the adage of whatever doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Um, you know, and, and if you're not sure what, what falls into that category, let's get, let's get sciency for a moment. Imagine a, a cereal bowl on your table, um, but instead of cereal, put a marble in it. Now you, you can kind of pick that bowl up a little bit and you can rock it from side to side and that marble constantly returns to the bottom of the bowl. This is an example of a negative feedback loop. Negative feedback loops are stable and safe for the most part, barring something absolutely catastrophic. Now take that bowl and flip it upside down on your table. Now the bottom of that bowl, there's a little ring around the outside that helps the bowl stay upright so you don't spill your cereal and milk all over yourself. Now put that marble inside that ring and tip the bowl from side to side. It doesn't take much for the marble to jump the ring, roll down the side of the bowl, and crash onto your dining room floor. This is an example of a positive feedback loop where too much adversity causes an unstable situation to become a much larger problem. Now, we don't want to lose our marbles, but we want our kids to be able to rock the bowl. So work your parenting magic to avoid positive feedback loops and welcome adversities that come in the form of negative feedback loops. Healthy adversity involves embracing tough circumstances and possibly letting Failure happen so that the ideal um, mindset and problem-solving skills can develop, all while simultaneously creating strong brain architecture. <clears throat> so, instead of breaking your back to give your child an iPhone this holiday season, give them the treats and toys you've budgeted for and give them the gift of honoring the adversity in their life. Help them navigate it with the ABCs of resilience. Adversity, beliefs, consequences, disputing it, reviewing the evidence, reframing it, determining the helpfulness of the beliefs we hold, acknowledging the implications of the worst case scenario, looking for the opportunity and seeing the purpose in the pain. Also that you can embrace your newfound resilience and enjoy your inevitable success. And if that's too much to remember, just remember that between adversity A and consequences C are our beliefs B about ourselves and the situation. Mary Tyler Moore said, you can't be brave if you've only had wonderful things happen to you. So face the adversity head on. Share stories of your own struggles and the outcomes that resulted. Allow failure, maybe even encourage it. Parent your child, but don't give in to the desire to always step in and prevent something bad from happening. Don't hover or protect 
beyond providing a physically safe environment. You determine how far is too far, but trying to stop a child from the consequences of a mistake that they want to make, forbidding them from doing something, it might not do anything more than put distance and barriers between you and your child. If, after relinquishing the illusion of control over your child's life, their life takes a turn for the worse, know that J.K. Rowling said that rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. Unquote. It may not be comfortable for us to watch our children struggle in discomfort, but when we choose to let them deal with their adversity, we allow them to solve their own problems, be creative, be resilient, all things that are going to, you know, they're going to need in a changing world. So if you haven't done it lately, go wrestle with your kids, put them in a, a proper headlock and watch them squirm just a little. And remember that today you invent yourself. Who you invent is up to you.